0: Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Scott Luton and special guest host, Will Chu, here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Will, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing wonderful, wonderful. Looking forward to the big game on Sunday. We had a lot of fun talking about that in the pre-show. But Will, speaking of the big game, is there a bigger game than global supply chain?
1: No. No, this is the biggest game. This is the biggest team sport in the world. We're talking about multi-billion dollar companies working with truck drivers to, to move freight in real time. So I think well, this is as exciting as it can be in terms of team sports.
0: Well, so I'm going to steal that from you, Will. The biggest team sport in the world. What a great way of thinking about global supply chain. And speaking of great, great show here today as Will and I are going to be focusing on an organization and its leadership. that's doing some really cool things and making real gains, driving big outcomes when it comes to supply chain visibility, workforce and talent. And loss prevention. And Will, a lot of folks may know you as the CEO and co-founder with Vector, who's doing some big things in y'all's own right out there in industry. But here today, not only do we get your perspective, but we've got quite a panel joining us here as well. Should be a great show, huh?
1: Yeah, yes, sir. I'm so excited. Almost as excited as watching the Niners beat the Chiefs on on Sunday.
0: (laughs) All right, (laughs) folks. Will is throwing a gauntlet down. And we did we did a quick poll pre-show, the entire panel believes the Niners are going to beat the Chiefs. We'll see what y'all think, though. All right, so two quick things before we get started and bring in our panelists. First off, let us know what you think. Appreciate all the folks that are here with us live. Share your comments throughout this live discussion. We want to hear from you. And secondly, if you enjoyed today's show, be sure to share it with a friend or your network. They'll be grateful you did. Okay, well, let's bring in our two esteemed panelists here today. Looking forward to talking with Patrick LeBlanc. Director of Supply Chain Systems and Process Optimization with GAF and his colleague, Derek here, Supply Chain Systems and Process Optimization Manager. Here we go. Hey, hey, Patrick, how you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks for having us. Great to have you here today. And Derek, how you doing, my friend?
2: Doing good. Thanks for having
0: me. Will, we had one of the more fun pre-show sessions just moments ago talking not only about the big game coming up, but all their favorite dishes. And by the way, folks, let me give you a quick rundown there. Guacamole, boneless wings, Thai food, crab, peppers, and of course, cheese dip. But beyond all of that, here's the question I want to pose to each y'all. A little fun question here today. So we, today, believe it or not, there's parades everywhere for Laugh and Get Rich Day. It's a thing. Laugh and Get Rich Day. So as i shared with y'all pre-show, one of my favorite questions that I posed to my dear friend Greg ages ago, Was what he'd do if we hit the billion dollar lottery? What's the first thing he'd spend it on? And that's what I want to pose to each of y'all. So let's the key assumption though, Patrick, Derek, and Will, is we hit the billion dollar lottery, we pay tons and tons of charity doing the right thing, right? And so after we do all that, what's the one thing that you're gonna splurge on? immediately. And Patrick, I want to start with you.
3: So it's ski season. So the, the priority would be a private jet fly around the world and, and go, go do unbelievable powder skiing somewhere. But buddy of mine's texting me videos of him in Japan, waist deep in powder. And I, I'm a little wow. jealous at the moment. So that would be a good use of a billion dollars.
0: <laughs> well, I know GAF's got some roots in Savannah. I'm assuming that would be a Gulf stream that you would splurge on. Is that right, Patrick? That would work. We,
3: we do have a, a plant in Savannah right on the Harbor.
0: I love that, love that. All right, so Derek, it's gonna be tough to top. What's the one thing you'd splurge on?
3: I'm taking a uh, a full man
2: cave. I'm getting a nice man cave in a basement, uh, games, pool tables, sports bar, uh, got it all down there. So it's gonna be a man cave like nobody's seen, and I could one up Patrick on that. I'll do it on a yacht, man cave on a yacht. I think would be, uh, <laughs> would be ideal if 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 I got the money for it. I'm doing
0: Oh, it. I love it, I love it. And and a little Will, thanks for sharing pre-show. A little thing we learned about that, Derek is he played quarterback back in the day and he and he rubbed elbows with some famous athletes so folks you'll have to ask derek about that after the show uh, all right so will it was also rumored well i'm not gonna share those rumors that we learned appreciate but what what's the uh at just <laughs> the the level set we, we had some fun talking about how will and taylor swift was gonna have a suite at the big game that's not true right will
1: that's that's not true.
0: Maybe. I mean, crazier things have happened. But. Crazier things have happened, indeed.
1: What's the one thing you would splurge on after you win the billion-dollar lottery, Will? Well, there's this uh, furniture maker that makes these incredible tables. And uh, these tables are cool because, one, they're long, so you can see a bunch of friends around them. And they have this like trough in the middle where you can put ice and, and drinks in it. So it would be Love this... It. Beautiful table where I could host friends and have a ton of fun dinners and a great gathering place to to get, you know, memories going and good conversations going. So that'd be my well thing. said. Well, I like that. Well said.
0: It reminds me of how much we enjoyed your perspective in the last time you joined us. And we got a whole bunch more good stuff to get in here today. And I would just add if if I hit the lottery. Is travel with the kids taking, I don't care where we go, getting them out there, seeing new things. I think that's so important for young minds. So, but Patrick and Derek and Will, thanks for playing along. By the way, we got a lot of folks with us here. Hey, Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes helping to make things happen. As Amanda says, Hey, let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to connect the dots around the world. And Ramiro, speaking of Ramiro says, Hello, GF team. This is Ramiro from the ATL. Great to see you, Ramiro. Welcome aboard. OK, folks, we got a lot to get into here today, and I want to start with this, Patrick, Derek and Will. Let's 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 offer up some context. We're going to be talking about some really big topics and let's start with helping folks kind of see things through uh, an accurate lens. Right. So, Patrick, let's start with you. Tell us briefly about what GAF does and your role there.
3: So, JF uh, is North America's largest manufacturer of roofing products, so residential commercial roofing, with over 30 plants here in, in the US. Um, but we're, we're also part of the biggest roofing business in the world. So, we have a couple of sister companies. BMI is our counterpart or the equivalent of JF over in Europe. We also have an, in really a, a lot of excitement around. Another relatively newer part of the company, but GF energy just got done building the largest solar roofing plant in the world, right outside of, outside of Austin. So I wow. you want know, business to, to be a part of, I've been, I've been part of it for about 13 years. Most of it over, over here in North America, but I did spend five years over in Europe. And so my team's responsible for really working with our supply chain teams and the plants and making sure we we have the tools we need to serve customers and grow the business, whether it's using new, new technology in the case of Vector yep. and, and other tools existing technologies continue to stay stay in line with AI and all the other things that are happening, continue to evolve as supply chain evolves.
0: Love that. Love that. Enabling people to be more successful and have easier days to get that success. Some of what I heard there, Patrick. Welcome. Welcome. Derek, same question. Tell us about your role
2: at GAF. Yeah. So I've been here about a year and a half now trying to catch up to Patrick, <laughs> making my way there. But so I, I'm primarily focusing on the really getting the most value out of our systems that we have in place so our our wms and other systems that we use how they talk to each other and kind of going site to site sharing best practices from what they're doing out there and and really how we can make our sites more efficient we get trucks in and out quicker and, and process them and make that that whole process seamless so
0: love that derek i love the word seamless too i also love the word frictionless we got too much friction in what we'll call the biggest team sport in the world. I'm gonna steal that from you, Will, I told you. But Will, remind folks, plenty of folks know out there what you and the Vector team have been doing, but they had a blast last time, as I mentioned. But in a nutshell, what do y'all do at Vector, Will?
1: Yeah, we are a collaborative YMS platform, a yard management system that delivers a TSA pre-like experience for truck drivers at warehouses and distribution centers.
0: Well said, Will. And we gotta we gotta take care of these truck drivers, right? Too many people give them a hard time, make what they do, keep them waiting, all that stuff. I love how we can give them a better experience. It's kind of what one of the things you mentioned there. Kind of going back with the common theme of what Derek and Patrick said. So well said. All right. So Will, Patrick, and Derek, we've kind of set the table a little bit. Let's say hello. We got a bunch of folks here. We got Ray tuned in from Alpharetta, Georgia. Joseph up there in the in the uh, Northeast. Great to see you, Joseph. Uh, ben Santiago from the DFW Metroplex, uh, Jeff Jackson, Jeffrey Jackson's with us here today. Great to see you. Tom Anderson all around the world. Great to have y'all. And remember, as we get into these topics, give us your take on what brilliance that Patrick and Derek are dropping. Okay. We're going to start with visibility, all right? We're going to be getting into visibility, workforce, theft, all those challenges, and then some, but want to start with supply chain visibility. That's been like the the fountain of youth that many and it's not it's not make believe, but it's been a lot. Of what a lot of leadership has, has been going after for years, right? So, Patrick, I'm going to start with you. What's a few of the initiatives that GAF is is using to drive and deliver more supply chain visibility?
3: Yeah, so a couple things. The, so we're we're on a, a multi year project called the warehouse optimization project. So you know, we we try to stay away from talking about technology per se. This is a, really about business process enabled by technology, but it's certainly a big focus on WMS. We we have a legacy WMS platform we're modernizing, and then we're, we're in the midst of implementing and scaling up our, our YMS so th- through Vector and, and really getting to better visibility inside our, our operations. You know, we've had tools in this space over the years, but it's a little bit archaic, candidly, in, in terms of the capabilities we've had historically. So it's, it, you know, the, the theme is end-to-end supply, supply chain visibility. We've done a decent job over the years around, you know, that final mile, getting visibility to trucks out the door and and you know, where's the truck at, all those kinds of things that that a lot of business has been tackling. But we're we're trying to backwards all the way through the production line, being able to create that digital thread from we made one of our shingles or commercial pr- products all the way through it went away in the warehouse. I got it yeah. on a truck and and it went to this customer and then eventually made it all the way out to the roof, you know, trying to make sure we have that that traceability all the way through the extended supply chain.
0: I love that Patrick. And I like on the front end of your answer, use one of my favorite words, archaic. Now folks, y'all know, I love global supply chain, but there's still a lot of archaic components. And I love what Patrick and the team are doing to modernize and embrace innovation and and implement that. So you can get that digital thread as he called it and, and, and real that, that type of visibility, which you can make better decisions faster. All right. So Derek, what else would you add there? I mean, when you think about all the things that Patrick just talked about when it comes to obtaining real supply chain visibility, what else would you bring?
2: Yeah, Patrick did a good job. A lot, a lot of the stuff like past the yard, you know, where's my truck? Yeah, where's my product? A lot of the stuff we're focusing on, too, is the stuff in the yard. So when the truck does show up to your site, uh, what who's showing up to pick up the product, when they're showing up what product they're getting, what stage they're at throughout that whole process and really being more transparent with the drivers through that process and making it a better experience for them. Uh, and really just sharing transparency with the drivers. Say, hey, look, we're, we're not busy during these certain times. Come come show up at these times and we can get you in and out quicker. So, so using the technology to our advantage there.
0: Love that, Derek. And I love I love how you're using all those who, what, when, where, why having answers to all that stuff, right? Rather than wondering what they are. I love that. All right, so Will, we heard a lot from what Patrick and Derek and the GAF team are doing at their organization to to really truly deliver with supply chain visibility. What else, kind of maybe beyond their perspective, what else are you seeing out there with companies and leadership getting that critical visibility and using it to drive performance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, one, I would say that Derek and Patrick both have, helped us personally innovate and develop a lot of the visibility solutions that we've are or we're implementing and developing. You know, a big thing for companies is expanding beyond just track and trace and being able to collaborate with the driver in real time. So getting ETAs, being able to communicate, drivers really appreciate the fact that hey, they can send a message to the facility and say, hey, we're we're you know gonna be here a little bit earlier we'll love to come in. Can you slot me in? Having that sort of communication, that that tether, really improves the efficiency for you know, the driver and the the warehouse. So it's it's beyond just uh, getting a dot on the map. It's it's really being able to have that connection to the driver that's really making a difference inside facilities. Well, excellent
0: point. We've talked about this here tirelessly. Visibility isn't enough. It's what solutions. How are you executing and leveraging that visibility? That's like the the billion dollar challenge that that leadership is is tasked with solving, right? And, and <coughs> leveraging. I uh, also like what you mentioned there. I heard communication, I heard courtesy, and I heard options. And what organization? What enterprise? What operation wouldn't like more of that really uh, across the team and all the different folks that make up the ecosystem. So we'll said there, will Patrick and Derek and Hey, Michael Morgan. Tuned in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Michael, let us study. Well, let us know your favorite barbecue shop there in Raleigh. That's some great barbecue in North Carolina. And I had one, one other highlight here, Zach from Nigeria. Great to see you via LinkedIn. Uh, great to be here. Looking forward to your perspective throughout. Okay. Patrick, Derek, and Will, a lot of organizations. In fact, one of the things that's top of mind for most CEOs out there is workforce and talent. It's a very challenging environment out here. So, Patrick, let's talk about how supply chain leaders can best use the talented people that is already on the team, right, that we deeply value and we want to empower. What are some of the things you are doing there, Patrick?
3: So I think the the theme, I'll talk about a couple of things, but the theme is how do we make work a little bit easier and better for folks? You know, turnover is a real thing. And, and, uh, you know, the whole, you know, especially in the US, you know, unemployment is a very low level and, and we're fighting and competing for talent in the marketplace. So, you know, we have extraordinarily capable folks on the team, but how do we retain them? How do we make sure that we're making their life a little bit easier? I've done a lot over the last couple of years around physical infrastructure, you know, investing in our plans and our warehouses to to make the setup a little bit better. But now now we're really focused in on the digital side of that go deeper into some of the specifics. But what one of the interesting things for us is is we're it's you know it's a great business. People stick around for a long, long time, which is, is what one of the folks actually on my team is retiring after 49 years with the company, which is an extraordinary number. Wow. You know, so so but that's not uncommon. We have a lot of 20, 30, 40-year employees. One of our big challenges as a business is how do we, yes, retain folks, but also prepare for the next three, five, 10 years. We're going to have this massive change, certainly for us. And, and it's a broader challenge for, for a lot of companies around that generational shift and it's, it's different. You know, everybody likes picking on the next generation. I'm no different. The, the, the Gen Z's are a little different with, you know, the Riz and the mid and, and the no cap and all that other fun stuff, but that extends to how, how they learn. And so, you know, one of the things as an example, we're doing is. They learn differently. They're not going to go read that 20, 30 page SOP.
1: Right. If right. If you
3: read on paper out of the 30, 40 year employee who just knows because he or she's been there for a lot of years. So, you know, things like the YouTube a version of the SOP. You know, digitizing the knowledge because they'll, they'll watch a two minute YouTube clip. And, and we're gonna we're building new plants. We're onboarding new folks. How do we transfer that knowledge and retain that knowledge in an effective way? So that's been a big theme as for us as a company that we're we're working on. The part is how do we tap into the knowledge that's out there? I think one of the most rewarding parts of certainly the, the work with Vector and and RAS optimization more generally is you know getting deeper into the organization in terms of you know these are the people using the tool they're, they're communicating with drivers all day long they're you know working and, and loading trucks all day long how do we tap into that knowledge base to help us make sure we're addressing the pain points and and really supporting folks. But also, you know, helping facilitate things like go see a sister plant. We have 30 30 over 30 plants here in the U.S. Many people have never seen a sister plant, and yet we're doing very similar things. How do we, and and so the projects have been great around, let's get folks and get them to sister plants to go learn from each other and and take some of those best practices and bring them home, Uh, which have been great from, certainly from a, a business progress perspective but also engagement folks right. are thrilled They're like I, I get to go see this this plant in tampa florida that's not bad this time of year right
0: I agree patrick i think we just gained a certification from patrick here a lot of what i heard there uh leaning into learning and training differently tapping into that tribal knowledge which is leaving out our doors every day right and that's a missed opportunity in many cases you'll never get it back going deeper into the organization and the processes and what the team needs and plant tours folks if you don't take plant tours Whether within the organization or without, you're really missing that information exchange that Patrick was alluding to is immensely valuable. Uh, Good stuff there. Hey, Patrick, one more question before I move to Derek and Will. The person that is celebrating 49 years, what's their Mm -hmm. first name? Can you share that?
3: Uh, Daryl. So so Daryl, we're going to do a nice little retirement luncheon for him in in, in a couple of weeks. But an exceptional member of the team and, and you know, thrilled for him on the next chapter of his life.
0: Daryl, on behalf of everyone here, congratulations. 49 years of service and driving results and making it happen. Man, congrats to, uh, to you and to your next chapter of your journey. Okay, Derek, I want to switch gears a little bit there. I want to talk about automation, right? Automation. So talk. talk we, we've already touched on a few things, or at least maybe alluded to a few things. But what else, when it comes to implementing automation to improve performance and also make it easier on the team, to get more done with less. Your thoughts, Derek?
2: Yeah, I think improving our employee experience is, is a real thing. And it, it's a, a major focus for us as, a, as of late, especially. Uh, I've, I've traveled around to a lot of the sites and spent a lot of time in our guardhouses. Uh, and was a company, we ship over 300,000 300, trucks a year. Mm-hmm. So our, our coordinators there see truck drivers on a daily basis. And uh, it can be very chaotic at times. All these drivers showing up at, at At one time, and you're trying to get them processed, and people are the phones ringing constantly, and uh, they're trying to get those those drivers organized. So we found we've been able to partner with Vector in this space and really organize that that whole process of the check-in process and kind of automate the the driver checking in portion of it. Uh, Our staff feels a lot more comfortable; it's simpler for them. We can route the drivers uh, throughout the yard, so it's been been very rewarding on the on the front when when I first see the challenges firsthand in those sites. I think everybody everybody that that experiences the new technology will not go back to the the way it was in the past so we've we've done great great things there it also helps us in the driver experience too yes Uh, we have a we have a sister trucking company that that we work with and so we're really sensitive to the driver experience overall so we value their feedback with the technology and the stuff Mm -hmm. that we're pushing to them and and really just making their Their experience on our sites smooth and and quick, and make them want to come back. Uh, And it it helps us compete in the marketplace for trucks. Uh, One of the the simple things that that we've been able to use with uh, with Vector and the the systems we're putting in place is just communicating with the drivers. So now we can we can break that language barrier where you don't speak the same language as them. Uh, Now we can send them instructions and and anything we want them to do, messages that are already translated uh, that the driver can understand. So. It uh, makes our yard safer and and a lot easier to work with.
0: Derek, man, I love it. I, I wish more organizations, Will, I wish more organizations didn't just care about not just employee experience, but the driver experience. I wish more organizations acted and invested in that area to, to give them some easier days. I, before I go to Will, like Jeffrey says here, having a driver know that there's a 40 minute wait is great when he's hungry, he or she's hungry, and debating whether there's time to grab a quick bite to eat. Uh, It's the small stuff that's so important, right? And maybe they want to hit uh, Lawrence Lawrence Barbecue up in the Raleigh, as Michael points out. (laughs) Sounds good to me. All right. So, Will, when you hear Patrick and Derek talk about some of the ways that they're really engaging workforce regardless where they are and helping give them better, more successful days, what comes to your mind? What else are you seeing other business leaders do out there along the same lines?
1: Yeah, you know, both Derek and Patrick struck a, a common chord, I think, amongst other business leaders, what they're talking about. And I think that the theme is empowering the current workforce to operate at the top of their potential. When you think about career growth and career development, it's important that people continue to, to really push the, the boundaries and their comfort zones of what they you know, want to achieve and where they want to grow. And when you look at what you know, plants and distribution centers are doing today, they're having very skilled people do very much clerical data entry work. And when you look at the application of automation, uh, something that we're talking about, like being able to automate that work so that, you know, those people at the warehouse are focused on higher level objectives, right? Things that they are very skilled at. They're not, you know, wasting their time with a rote manual data entry. I think that's something that you know we've seen, and they've been able to reallocate and replace you know those functions with with automation. And I know we'll get to this later, but being able to get the actual identity of drivers uh, eliminates like fraudulent or synthetic fraud, where people are making up fake identities, fake yes. load numbers, right? And so there's wide ranging impacts of automation beyond just workforce empowerment.
0: So true. What great stuff there, Will. And I want to go back to kind of halfway through your response. I think it's really important to all leaders out there, all organizational members, we always revisit what is value, right? You're talking about wasting time, doing things because maybe we've been always, that's just how we've always done things. Well, part of what changes that is we, we dive deep, as Patrick was saying earlier, and really understand what's creating real value for the customers and what isn't. And for worse, What's creating pains, needless pains for our team members, right? Good stuff, Will, Patrick, and Derek. All right, a couple quick comments. Hey, Scott, appreciate your questions. Maybe compose those after today's session with the members of the GAF team. Thanks for being here. Peter Bole. all night and all day. Great to see you. Plant tours are essential to all processes and decision-making. Well said, Peter. Great to see you here today. And Tom, hello. Great to see you as well. Technology helps you become the shipper of choice. And I want to say Patrick or Derek might have mentioned that as well. Great point there, Tom. And old Bill Stankevich down in Savannah. He's watching today's show with a classroom full of students, what we call the now generation around here. They're already making an impact. It's great to see my friend, Bill Stenkevich. Okay, Will, you gave me a great segue, as a great co-host does, to move into the third topic we're talking about here today. Because course, freight theft, try to say that five times fast, is on the rise across the globe. And a lot of folks aren't even thinking about it. It's in their blind spot. So Patrick, Derek, and Will, I think I shared this with you in a pre-show. I was reading just this week in the New York Times about train robberies, train robberies, which made me think of a couple of Breaking Bad episodes. If you all are a big fan of that series like I am, remember they stole the whatever the chemical was, the whole train car. Oh, man, that's going on. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security estimates that cargo theft causes somewhere between 15 and 35 billion dollars in annual losses. Man, it's painful. And that's probably conservative. So preventing cargo theft, of course, is just one component of a successful loss prevention strategy, but an important one. Patrick, tell us about you know, some of the things that GAF has implemented to address theft.
3: It's interesting. So we do rail products and we have 100 percent run into issues where folks will break into a rail car and steal, steal shingles out of them. Um, which is, I'll be honest, other than the fact that they're crooks, you know, a bundle of shingles is is over over 70 pounds. And so you're you're doing that by hand. That's a whole lot of work, but call me lazy. But but before I go there, the I think industry context is useful. Maybe a, a little bit of a, a side story. A, a long time ago I was at a I think it was a Lamasoft conference and Cardinal Health, the large distributor of pharmaceutical products, was presenting. They're talking about inventory optimization and all that. But in that context they talked about how to get full truckloads of pharmaceutical products to their DC in South Carolina, if I remember correctly. hundred million truckload. And so they were talking about paying 10 grand for the truck and, and the armored guards, you know, escort cars on on both sides. Right. You know, theft is is interesting. You know, it's that's one extreme. Probably where the other extreme, you know, we, building materials generally is is relatively low cost products. You know, you go into Home Depot, pick up a, a two by four, it doesn't cost that much. It's certainly costing more. But one of the challenges, unlike pharmaceutical, unlike other industries, we don't have great traceability historically in the building material space and and. Mm. Of managing large, complex supply chains at scale, right? A lot of volume. One of our big shingle plants will ship one hundred and fifty truckloads in a day, and not even think about it. You know, our, our peak shipping record three hundred truckloads a day out of one plant with twelve guys. You know, that's so. We ha- how do we do theft and, and theft prevention at, at scale with these relatively low value products? Is is one of our challenge. So you know there's a lot there. visibility and and transparency. I, I remember conversations you know with with the cops when i was I was down in Texas for a couple of years, you know they caught somebody who clearly had stolen material, hey, this bundle of shingle, can you tell me something about it? Yeah. back then we couldn't. you know we couldn't prove and and build that case because we didn't have the traceability. You imagine the two by four. Nobody has any clue exactly what happened with the two by four. Now we can do things like that, you know going back to that that digital thread. So it's those kinds of things around and then visibility so we can trace our products and make sure we have control. So we're not getting into a situation where folks are installing material that's that's defective or something. But it's also, you know, it's simple things like, you know, making sure we have good good gates around our yards and, and good security right. in place, making sure we have good communication. One of the big deals, it feels like the mafia or something, there's organized <laughs> crimes in certain parts of the don't country. Don't get us in trouble, Patrick. Don't get us in trouble. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. the but shingle theft is a real thing. And so, you know, how do we prevent that? And they're very well organized. So, you know, some of it is is taking control over our own destiny. You know, we have our one of our sister companies have, has over 400 drivers, so we we take control of our supply chain that way. Uh, but also, you know, tips and tricks for our, our third-party transportation providers: don't leave the truck parked fully loaded over the weekend or a long weekend. It's gonna get it's gonna disappear. And, and right. we've had a lot of that kind of issue. So we we do a lot that way. But it's you know it's 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 an arms race, and and we. We're trying to create traceability. We're trying to manage and do the basics well at scale, which is yes. you know, a challenge.
0: That's right. Patrick, thank you for sharing. And that, and that traceability, achieving that gives you so many more options to do either the basics or do some really cool things that are brand new and innovative. But, you know, I think when you next Derek, but it's I find it amazing. Maybe y'all don't find it amazing. I don't know. But in this era of bad folks, bad actors doing really bad things, cybercrime, the traditional crime is still around, whether you're still in trailers of pharmaceuticals, as Patrick mentioned, or trailers of, of shingles or trailers of cigarettes, like from Goodfellas, right? But Derek, what else would you add to what you are doing to combat theft and, and to optimize loss prevention?
2: Yeah, it's hard to follow up Patrick in, in, his, in his rant there, but some of the things we're doing now, we're capturing more data and information digitally now than we've ever captured before. So on the front end, when drivers do show up to our yard, who are they driving for what they're picking up we know what product we're putting on the trucks we know where they're going we know all that information now that we didn't have as much access to before now we can go in there and see uh, exactly what happened who was there all the information associated that that we need to verify these loads when they do go out the door in the front end Uh, Mm -hmm. so we feel confident that they're going to get to their destination
0: i love it and of course the general theme one of the general themes both you and patrick And leveraging technology in a very powerful and practical way to address uh, this component of your overall risk strategy. Will, when you think of theft and you think of what the risk is out there and and what Patrick and Derek were speaking to, what else comes to mind? What else are you seeing out there to combat theft out in the marketplace?
1: Yeah, you know, beyond brute force, like the physical uh, robbing of a train car, we're seeing more and more theft happen through social engineering. When you think about a driver coming in and, and taking a load out the check-in process, the guard is really taking the driver for his or her word that they are who they are and they're there to pick up the the, the right load. And drivers and thieves are, are taking advantage of the kind of verbal manual communication because the guards can't verify in real time if, you know, they are who they are. If mm. that load was essentially brokered out, the facility, the shipper really loses visibility of who the right person it, it should be for taking that load out. There's this really fascinating article. The New York Times did a expose about two months ago about Kit Kats being stolen. These are exotic Kit Kats that you buy, like in Japan, and there was a load of Kit Kats that were stolen and the street value of these Kit Kats were $250,000. dollars or a quarter million dollars, so big deal. Wow. Um, And it was done through social engineering, like these being able to intercept, you know, communications, being able to present like a fraudulent load number, uh, creating a synthetic identity for the driver. And so, being able to make sure that the driver is who they are through digital means, because it's in a, a database somewhere. Somebody knows who the driver right. should be. Being able to communicate that information electronically is, is helpful. They can detect that kind of fraud in real time. Yes. And that lat where you
0: ended in real time, the timeliness of that information to put it in the team members' hands that need it. It's so critical. I got it. If I'm being honest, and no offense, Patrick and Derek, but if I'm a bad actor and got a chance to steal a trailer full of shingles or a trailer full of Kit Kats, I'm probably going to do the form, uh, the latter. Okay. So, all right. So rather than analyzing my criminal preferences, let's talk about something else. I want to make sure we say hello to a hey, Siobhan from Trinidad. Great to see you via LinkedIn. Let us know what you're seeing out there when it comes to workforce management or or how we're combating theft or how we're really getting supply chain visibility. Okay. Okay. So, Will and Patrick and Derek, as we start to wrap here, I really appreciate y'all's perspective on these on these big issues, really, of our day. Let's think about what lies ahead, right? I should have brought some some shades because the future is really bright, right, as the old 80s tune goes. Really cool to hear what y'all are doing at GAF. As I mentioned maybe several calls ago, Patrick and Derek, I've rubbed elbows with uh, GAF team members down in the Savannah area years ago and thought really highly of the organization and the culture. So Patrick, to your point, there's no wonder why you got folks there 20 and 30 and 49 years because of what y'all have intentionally built. So congrats on all the all success and, and innovation and whatnot. When you think ahead, what's one thing, Patrick, that you folks got to know about GAF?
3: Yeah, you know, it, it's a wonderful company. This is certainly not a re- recruiting speech for come work for us, but, you know, we we It's it's a great industry, it's a great company. You know, we continue to grow and evolve. And it's interesting, we've been around 135 years and and yet we're still investing in growth. We have two brand new plants starting up here in the next couple of months and in our commercial business, which has has grown dramatically in, in the last couple of years. And and so you know, it's it's a great to be a part of it and, and certainly in, in Derek and I's role, you know, with technology at the center of, of what we do. It's you know, really interesting to operate in, in this nice environment, both from a company perspective and industry perspective, with some of the big, big stuff that's out there. You know, the, the demographic transition is is a mega challenge for a lot of folks. We're no different, you know, with that generational shift of of knowledge and and you know the change that will come in the next three to five years. Technology is is accelerating. You know we're on we're on this curve of of unbelievable growth in technology. AI is is you know the latest buzzword and it, it's real. It's it's coming. And, and how do we make sure we stay ahead of it in a in a competitive industry? And how do we Take advantage of of some of that modern technology to help us continue to evolve and serve our customers and grow our business and 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 deliver efficiencies and in, into our supply chain. So it's it's really it's been really interesting to be at at the center of of a lot of that. Both those those big things that are happening in the world and and you know the the foundation we're we're operating on here a little bit closer to home.
0: Well said, Patrick. Two quick observations, Derek, before I come to you. And Derek, I love since you know Patrick's been there about thirteen years. Derek, you mentioned I think you were around a year. In a minute, I'd love to get you, your take on on one of your favorite things as you have launched your journey with GAF. But before I leave, Patrick, two quick things. the uh, You love what you do. It's evident, not just here, but in, in our earlier calls. And then secondly, you know, to your point there, it's not enough to invest in new technology, but more importantly, it's what you do with it. What outcomes are you driving? How are you helping your folks out? How how are you better serving your customers? And that's one of my favorite parts of this conversation here today. Derek, all right. So what is one thing that you think more folks got to know about GAF?
2: I think Patrick touched on it before, but when I came here about a year and a half ago, I could not believe the number of people that have been here 10, 20, 30, 40, almost 50 years. It's a testament really to to how GAF does business and, and how we treat our employees. And, and those employees and everybody is getting engaged and embracing the new technology and the journeys that we're going on. And, and it's great to see. I've traveled around to a bunch of our sites and I, I get to see firsthand how people are using it. And really not just putting the system in place and, and I'm walking away from it and saying, all right, now you guys deal with it. But really the amount of feedback we've received on, hey, we have this technology in place now let's, it would be great if we could do this. It just take it one step further every single time. So, so never getting, never getting satisfied with, with the current system we have in place and, and always moving forward and, and everybody's embraced that. So it's great I, to see.
0: I love that Derek. And before I come to you, Will, you know, there are certainly are finish lines, you know, when we, when we accomplish big things and projects, as I've learned from, from some of my mentors, it's important to stop and celebrate. But what, one of the things I love that you're, alluding to both Derek and Patrick and Will is that continuous cycle of improvement. Just because you fix it today, you know, doesn't mean it's going to not require a new solution or a new approach or new technology six months from now, you know, certainly six years from now. So I love that spirit of continuous improvement that you both are speaking to here today. And of course, Will, big part of that. Is partnerships and new technologies, like clearly are speaking to here between GAF and Vector. So I want to ask you, Will, as a fellow entrepreneur, uh, I've been I've been tracking y'all. Congrats on all the, all the ways y'all been moving mountains at Vector. What's next for your team, Will? What do what do you uh, describe the future for us? What's one thing you're most excited about?
1: Well, I mean, using your analogy, it's finding that next race, right? And it's the it's the reason why our relationship with Derek, Patrick, and the greater GAF team is so important and valuable to us. Their their feedback, their willingness to partner and continue to push the envelope, help us develop that that feedback is gold. And I think we're redefining the experience for truck drivers and facilities and how they how they move freight. You know, for us, we see the plant, the warehouse, the DC as as the watering hole where Everyone comes together to, to move freight. It's where the most sensitive part of supply chain happens. is that magical moment where you transfer the custody of, you know, millions of dollars of freight it happens every day, many times a day. It's where that team sport is played. That's the stage. And we're using that to, to really redefine how things happen inside the warehouse, how planning happens, how scheduling happens. And so that's, those are the frontiers that we're really excited about. Those are our next races. Oh, Will, you had me at several
0: times through your response, Patrick and Derek. Doesn't Will want, make you kind of run, want to run through the wall back behind us here? Huh? I love the watering hole analogy, and 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 you know one of the one of the throughout the conversation, Will, that one of the vibes I'm picking up from you is that team sport, but bringing everybody together. You know, when we can bring everybody together and enable everyone's success, man, that's what can where we can really take the ecosystem's performance to the next level, and and not leave anyone behind. So a lot of good stuff there, Will and Patrick and Derek. I like what Jeffrey says here. Business transformation enabled by digital capability, not the other way around. Well said there, Jeffrey. Hope you're back with us soon. Enjoyed your perspectives here today. Okay, Patrick and Derek uh, and Will, let's make sure folks, know how to connect with you. I had to go through all of y'all's agents to get you booked. I think normally the Rolling Stones open for each of y'all as you get out there on the speaking circuit. But Patrick, if folks want to bring you in, if they want to compare notes, if they want to talk shop, uh, learn more about GAF and what you do, how can folks connect with you, Patrick?
3: Just LinkedIn is is easiest. Send me a message. I'm happy to connect with folks if uh, if anything was interesting and want want to talk more about it.
0: Love it. I really enjoyed your perspective and your passion for what you do here today. Derek, same thing. Man, y'all two are are quite a one-two punch there at GAF. And we didn't even talk about your Chicago Bears. We'll do that on the next show. Derek, uh, I'm I'm wishing you a big season next season. But how can folks connect with you?
2: You know, I've been hearing the big season is the next season for the last 15 (laughs) or 20 years now. And they keep getting disappointed. But hopefully (laughs) next year is, is the big year. But you can, you guys can always find me on LinkedIn and send me a message or let me know how the Bears should proceed with Caleb Williams or Justin, Justin Fields. Give me your take. I'm, I'm happy to help.
0: Awesome. Derek, I appreciate it and hope folks will take advantage of that. And I also meant to add earlier when you shared about going out and spending time in the guard houses, that's a, that's part of going to the Gemba, right? Where the value is created and really understanding what's working, what isn't working. More, more leaders should do exactly that, whether it's guard houses or the production line or you name it, right? It's so critical for moving us all forward all right so will two-part question for you how can i get one of those trucks you got behind you that reminds me of a walmart truck i had as a kid i'm very jealous how can i get my hands on one of those do i have to go to the watering hole or something what what
1: can i do uh, shoot me uh, an email at will at with and happy to to send one over to you yeah th- those trucks that truck is rarely ever on that shelf because my kids usually take it and put it somewhere else inside the house and i gotta go find
0: it i love it trucks are cool and it's good that they do appeal to kids and and i'll tell you i'm gonna do just that so expect an email and also picking up on the second part there with vector.com y'all check that out connect with will and the team learn more about what they're doing i mean i I really enjoyed the conversation here and the real practical components of how you all are working together at watering holes globally uh, so y'all do that. You'll enjoy your conversation. I promise you with Will Chu. Um, all right, folks, really have enjoyed our conversation in here today. Thank you, Patrick Lebon, uh, LeBlanc with GAF. Thanks for being here. Thank
3: you. It was a lot of fun.
0: You bet. Derek here, also with GAF. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your perspective.
3: Of course.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And Will Chu, really have enjoyed your perspective here today. But before we go, Will, I warned you in the pre-show, I might do this. We heard a lot of good stuff, brilliance from all of y'all. But Patrick and Derek certainly. What will? What was one of your favorite aspects of what they shared here today, Will?
1: Well, I think the the partnership is is key. I think you know one thing that we've always benefited and enjoyed Patrick and Derek and the GAF team is the openness, transparency. It's allowed us to really work on some hard problems together. And there's still a lot more to to work on. But because of that partnership and relationship, we've not only developed a solution for them, but also incorporated into our broader platform for other customers and our other facility partners. So that's one thing I've always enjoyed with our relationship with GAF. Seems like a great
0: two-way partnership. And I loved your comment earlier. Feedback is gold. And folks, whether, whether it's with your technology partners, your business partners, any partners out there, you offer good, frank feedback. That's how... Not only we fix problems, that's how we improve relationships, improve solutions, get bigger results. So I really enjoyed you spiking the football on that. Speaking of football, folks, again, Will and Patrick and Derek, they all say the Niners are going to win. Good luck to everyone out there, Chiefs fans, Niners fans, Bears fans, Falcons fans. Derek, we can kind of you know Atlanta Falcons. We've we've struggled a bit for years, but whatever you do, here's a challenge, folks. Beyond having a great time at a big game coming up and enjoying good food and family and friends at, at your own personal watering holes. Take one thing you heard here today and put it into action. That's the name of the game, uh, deeds, not words. Don't talk about it, do it. That's what you're hearing from Will Patrick and Derek here. Your teams, your people will be appreciative. One last shout out, Daryl, congratulations, Patrick and Derek. You all got to send pictures of the big party as you celebrate Daryl's over 49 years of service. But lastly, folks connect with our guests most importantly, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, hey, Scott Luton, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram.